I don't know about you, but I love seeing God's people serve his church. Amen. Let's praise God for that. I love seeing God's people serve. It brings him glory. It gives hope to the world. It draws people to Jesus. And it's a big part of our mission. I don't know if you uh, knew this, but our mission is this. Love God, love people, and serve all. And, and that's what we're doing not only just today, but, but every day. You know, the more you serve, the, the more uh, I see you serve, no matter who you are, the more you look like Jesus. You know, I think of the, the most that we can look like Jesus as a church family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, is when we serve one another, when we serve the world, Jesus gave us the real example of a true servant. Turn with me in your Bibles to John 13. If you've got a Bible in the pew or around you, uh, go ahead and turn up the house lights over to the side, guys. They're kind of dark so they can see that. In John 13, on page 90, uh, 900, uh, Jesus gives us this great example of serving. Uh, of, of the example of a servant. Today we're going to look at this example. It happened on a Thursday night. That's when this example took place. The disciples were about to share with Jesus in what we're going to share with in just a moment, uh, the, the Lord's Supper. This was the Last Supper. They were getting ready for this great meal, and something very unfortunately yet common took place. The disciples began to argue. I don't know how many of you spent much time with a family before a meal, but with my four boys and daily now, uh, there are often arguments right before we eat. we eat. I don't know how many of you can relate to that, that you get these discussions that lead into arguments. The disciples did this on a regular basis. The unfortunate thing about their argument was, it was about who was the greatest. In Luke chapter 22, we see them arguing and they were saying, well, I'm the greatest. No, no, I'm the greatest. And the Bible says there was this big dispute that took place. And Jesus says, guys, you're missing the point. And Jesus says this, and I quote, the greatest among you is the servant of all. That, that's who's really great. Many scholars have stated they believe why this argument broke out, this debate was there, is because likely the servant boy who was scheduled to wash the disciples' feet was a no-show. It's very possible but that, that there was this uh, servant or even slave that was scheduled to wash the disciples' feet before uh, this big uh, evening began, and he didn't show up. And it's very likely that disciples began to say, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm better than that. Can you imagine the disciples reclining at the table? I mean, you got to picture the table then. Uh, they, they didn't have a table with chairs where they sat. They, they reclined on pillows often, and, and they, they, their feet would be in each other's faces. And they were dirty. And they're like, no, I'm too great for this. I'm not going to clean anyone's feet. I mean, based on worldly thinking, they were right, weren't they? They were the closest friends to the most popular rabbi in the world. Why would they stoop down to serve anyone, let alone clean feet? Can you imagine their feet? I mean, they would have been nasty. I don't know if you're like me at all, and I've expressed this, confessed this at times. If I have one body part that I've got problems with, it's feet. They would have been walking around the region in the dust and the grime and the dirt, and they show up at dinner, and their feet were a mess. If you're like them, if you're like me, washing feet was the last thing they had on their minds. And that's the background for where Jesus gives this example. 
He gives us a great example, leading up to the greatest example of service on the cross. But, but here's what it says in John chapter 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, this was this meal they were going to share together. When Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of the world to his Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. If you know the NIV translation, it says this. He now showed them the full extent of his love. It's, it's the same concept. It says he loved them to the end. Uh, the NIV translates this, and it's a good translation, that he was going to show them the extent of his love fully. So what did he do? We know he ends up on the cross, but what did he do that night? Did he write all of them a personal encouragement, love note, of, this is why I love you, John, this is, this is what I love about you, Matthew? No, he didn't do that. Did he go around and give them all bear hugs, which, which I love bear hugs, but, but that's not what he did. Did he go around and, and tell each of them a word of encouragement, say, I love you? No. To show the full extent of his love, he began to show them what it was like to be a servant. Look back to the text. Look at ch- chapter 13, verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands... And that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. So once again, they're kind of reclining at the table. The argument is going, all, I'm greater. No, I'm the greatest. No, no, I'm even greater than you. But I walked on water. No, I saw that you fell in the water. Uh, t- you know, th- there was all these logistic arguments that they had going. And Jesus just gets up from the supper table. He laid aside his outer garments. He took off his like outer clothing. I don't even think anybody was paying attention yet. They were still debating. And taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was around him. He got up and served them. This may have been what it looked like. Watch this. Then he poured some water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter. Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? You do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Never at any time will you wash my feet. If I do not wash your feet, you will no longer be my disciple. Lord, do not wash only my feet then. Wash my hands and head too. Those who have taken a bath are completely clean and do not need to wash themselves, except for their feet. Can you imagine the gut check, the humbling feeling it was to be arguing about who's the greatest, be hoping that servant boy would finally show up? Where was he at? And then realize that your rabbi, your your teacher, your friend, who you'd followed for years, three years, had prepared to be the servant to everyone in the room? 
Can you imagine the humbling feeling that was? This boy who was late was now replaced by the Son of God, the creator of the the universe. The, The one who had left the perfection of heaven had now stooped down to wash the feet of dirty men, sinful men. Yes, he's the one. Jesus himself was washing the feet. He was setting us an example of how to serve. Jesus made it clear that night and to us today that we're to serve. He gave us an example. Look what the text says. This is Jesus' own words in verse 14. He says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. He goes, If I have served you, you also are to wash one another's feet. You're to serve one another. For I have given you the example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Jesus is saying, If I have served you in any way, serve one another. And and in that you will be a servant. So today, I've called an audible based on this text. Instead of going out the community, we're going to set up this sanctuary into just a full-time foot-washing service clinic, okay? You want to do that? I'm glad you got that. That was a joke, right? No, we're not going to do that. That's not the point, is it? It's not the point. However, I'd be reluctant to do that. So today... Based on the text, we're going to completely fulfill God's call to be a servant by going out and serving someone for uh, three or four hours, maybe five. We're going to check it off the list, right? No, that's not what we're going to do. Here's what we're stepping to do. We're, we're, We're stepping out in faith to take another step to become more like Jesus and not just checking something off the list, but to become a servant who is willing to serve others because we have been served. We're going to take another step to follow the example of Jesus. Here's the first point. There's only two today. Service should flow from an entire lifestyle, not just an event checked off the list. It's pretty basic, but, but I, I want you to get this. As we have been preparing, as we've been praying, as we have been planning uh, to prep hundreds of people, literally, to go out into tens uh, uh, of, of different places, different community, different homes... One of my fears, and the greatest fear is, that is unacceptable for me to teach and for you to believe, is that today is success if we just check this event off the list and say, well, we've served this year. Instead of we are taking a step towards a lifestyle of servanthood. And while I believe today that lives can be changed and relationships can grow, and there can be people in the community that get, uh, gain hope from your service that haven't had hope for a long time, And today can be a grand event. What our real desire is and our goal is to set out to serve all with a lifestyle like Jesus. Every day. Listen to this quote from Rich Foster, a Christian discipleship writer. He says this. "There There is a different between choosing to serve and choosing to be a servant. When I choose to serve, I retain control about who I serve and when I serve. So what he's saying is, there's a difference between being a servant and just serving. Because when we just check it off the box, we can say, okay, I'm going to serve after 8.30 service on this date and time until noon, and then it's done. That's noble, but it's different than being a servant. But when I choose to be a servant, I have given up all rights and all control. That's extreme. Guys, we're, we're desiring to grow to become servants of Jesus and one another, not just choose to serve whenever. I'll, I'll do this from 9 to noon 
on this date and time to serve this person that I'm comfortable with. God is calling us to be willing to serve all the time. While I applaud and appreciate each and every one and everything that will be done today, it's not something we're checking off the list. We're trying to gain a servant's heart. See, it's much easier just to say, well, I, I did this, and, and look at me, and I've accomplished that. It happens to me at times, and it's humbling whenever you realize you've stepped into that realm. A couple years ago, I shared with you a story. It was, I think, the first year I was here. I was uh, hosting a, a few basketball games right in the gym at church. So I was kind of the host, I was the coach, and I became the custodian. You, you know the story, maybe, if you were here a couple years ago. What had happened was one of my boys on the team said, Coach, I'm not feeling well. And, and, and then he said it again, and he said it again. I said, hey, we'll get to the bathroom. So all of a sudden, I see him running to the bathroom, and I jog down the, coat, uh, the, the court and look into the hallway where he's running to the bathroom. Before he gets into the bathroom, he uh, gets sick all over the hallway, it, bank shots off the door. It, it, it's, it's everywhere. So I told uh, my assistant coach, I said, hey, I'm going to go check on uh, this player, and I'm going to go help him. So I'm in the bathroom for 10, 15 minutes. He is feeling really poorly. His mom comes in. They leave to take him home, and I'm on my hands and knees right in the doorway just cleaning the door frame and the door. Someone from outside the community comes in, and, and they recognize me, but they're not quite sure who I am. They're like, aren't you the like, senior pastor here as I'm cleaning up the mess? And I said, yes, I am. And they're like, why are you on the floor? And I said, because there's a mess. And they left, and I thought that was not really that big a deal. And they came up to me later, and they just really appreciated the fact that I was taking time to clean up and, and all that. So I told you that story. My boys heard that story for the first time on the same day you did. I went home, and I was humbled. Because the boys asked me as we gathered for supper that night, hey, who did you clean up after that day? And I told them, they're like, oh, that, that's cool. And one of the boys said, well, that's kind of strange. Dad, why do you clean up messes at church like that? Because mom's the always one that does it at home. <laughs> you talk about humbling. I, I really want you to, while there's comedy there at my expense, I get it. I stand before you humble because what you see me do on my best day is often something that I know I'm supposed to do. And oftentimes I want to do it because uh, it's the right thing to do. But sometimes uh, we really need and our closest people to us understand who really has the servant's heart. And in my home, it's often my wife. I wonder, the people closest to you, do they see a servant's heart? Or do they see someone just checking something off the list? Doing a responsibility? Fulfilling a task. We need to be humbled and, and pursue what Jesus said. Follow my example and serve one another and serve me. Let's not choose just to serve, but let's become a servant. Amen? Let, let's be a servant that, that really exalts Jesus. Man, I'm not devaluing. Hear me this. I'm not devaluing anything we do on the day of service. I, 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 this sign is helpful. But this is not just that one day we serve. We should have a day of service every day. As we follow the example of Jesus, I believe impactful things will happen, and they happen all the time here. We're not trying to drum up support, but we're rallying together to be like Christ because people serve all the time here. It makes me think, and I love seeing the church serve. I love my church serving. It makes me think of the, the worship and tech team. Every weekend and every week, they prepare hours and hours to lead us in worship. 
I praise God for the computer tech and the sound tech and the people who run the lights. And, and someone had to figure out how to get these lights a little brighter. We had a, a funeral and a wedding this weekend, and things are probably a little off. Somebody figures all that out. Can I do that? No. But somebody uh, spends time serving in that way. I think even about the children's ministry who are here this morning with even more hours because hundreds of people serve our children and students every, every year with thousands and thousands of hours. I think of Sunday school and, and youth group and, and kids' church, vacation Bible school and camp. It makes me think of many of you who greet and usher and take care of communion, who, who make sure, uh, as you saw, uh, the noggles, who make sure the grounds look great, and they do always, who make sure the snow is removed on, on the wintry mornings. Uh, I, I thank God for the way you serve week in and week out, day after day. And when you're doing that, you're serving Jesus. It's not just a church, though, because service goes beyond here. It's going to do that today, but it should all the time. It makes me think of a, one of my good friends from Greenville who died this week, Bob Thunderbird. We could talk for a long time about things we appreciated about Bob. By the way, I like this chicken fried chicken the best, all right? <laughs> but you know what? I was most impressed by Bob's testimony as the more I got to know him, heard from his kids, was he was a man that loved to serve. And we celebrated that this week on Friday. Here's what Bob said to his kids and often those who worked with him. By the way, how many of you, anyone in the room ever worked for or with Bob Thunderberg? Raise your hand. A lot of people here. Here's what Bob would sometimes say to his employees about service. Always be ready to meet a need. No strings attached. Always be ready to meet a need. No strings attached. That sounds a lot like service, doesn't it? And I know he was in the food service industry, but he had the attitude of a servant. Serving is not just an event or a job. It flows from someone who is following Christ. It's just true. Uh, it's not just a job. It's not just an event. It, it flows from us as we follow Christ. Here's the second point of today. The last one. Uh, serving that pleases God starts with a proper attitude. It, that's where it starts. It really does. The disciples didn't have it. Uh, I'm the greatest. You're the greatest. No, no, I'm really the greatest. A proper servant attitude is the person who's going to, to really show who they are and get down on their hands and feet and dive into the dirty mess and meet someone's needs. No strings attached. It's humbling. The NIV version translates the beginning of Philippians chapter 2. It says your attitude should be that of Christ Jesus. Your mindset, your thinking. But here's what it goes on to say about our attitudes, this proper attitude. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking at your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset or attitude as Christ Jesus. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. This is the idea of here. Jesus, knowing he had every advantage in the world, he shed himself of, of, of his divine uh, niceties. He shed himself of even clothing at that moment, showing that he was going to humble himself to the point of a servant. Well, wonder what you hold on to sometimes and say, well, I can't serve because of this or that. Jesus has shown us the example that he didn't even hold on to his place in heaven to serve us. Rather, he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. I wonder what keeps us from serving, though. A lot of times it's flat-out selfishness. 
Think about this. Uh, I, I would suggest to you so much of the time we're so busy thinking about ourselves we don't have time to be a servant. I mean, that really is a, draw, a handicap uh, to be a servant when we're thinking about ourselves. If we don't ever uh, take time to consider someone else, why, how would we ever get to the point of service? Paul here is saying it starts with our attitude and it flows from humility. Servanthood flows best when we think about others more. You've probably heard this before, but maybe write this down if you haven't. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. When you're humble, it doesn't devalue you at all. Jesus was still fully God as he got down on his hands and feet and poured water in that basin to wash the feet. He did not devalue himself one bit, yet he fully exposed who he really was because he was thinking of someone else to be an example. I wonder how much you think of yourself versus others. I learned a lot about humility from a lot of people growing up, but probably my most powerful moment of humble teaching didn't come at Lincoln Christian College, even though they stressed that. It didn't come from a group of elders, though elders often live it. It came from a woman named Alice Brown. She was the woman who ran the Wednesday night meal program at Hersher Christian Church. She would put together a meal every Wednesday night, like 48 times a year out of 52 and she would feed children in our area uh, from West Kanky County there was a period of time when I first showed up in Hersher we had about 40 on Sunday morning for worship that was a big Sunday you know how many children we'd have on Wednesday night 80 they came to be served they came for the food but they came also for Alice's love Man, I could tell it from the beginning. So we, I was about there about a year, and Wednesday night had grown to about 100. She was fixing a meal for 100 children and their uh, extended families every Wednesday night. So we thought we'd give her a break on her 70th birthday. Okay? We said, Alice, you don't have to cook the, uh, make the dessert tonight. Go ahead and make the meal, but, but we'll, the dessert's on us. So you know what I did? I went out and bought a birthday cake for Alice. And, and so it said, Happy Birthday, Alice. And we had it there at church. I, I brought it in after lunch. She came to make the meal. What a great day off, right, for the birthday girl. And then I did something very silly. One of the most immature things I've ever done, just thinking through things in my life. you got to remember I was in my early 20s. But because we didn't have very much time before the meal and get 100 or so people through the line and get them ready for their Wednesday night class or program, whatever they were doing... I had the bright idea, and I told someone there, hey, go ahead and cut the cake before the kids get here. We want to be able to distribute it quickly. It's a birthday cake. You don't cut it before the, the birthday girl sees it. And so I walked past the cake in the middle of the afternoon, and I realized how silly I was. Just picture this. I'm here with a, a, like a butter knife trying to smooth the icing back over all the cuts. <laughs> Thinking, man, we're trying to honor Alice, and, and now I've ruined the cake. So when Alice got there, I said, Alice, I'm so sorry. I went to apologize to her. I felt terrible. What we had set, did just to try to do just a little bit, I had ruined this moment. And I apologize. So sorry, Alice. You know what Alice said? Oh, Tyson, it's not about me. Oh, Tyson, it's not about me. Alice taught me so much that night. In, in my humbling mistake, she gave me grace. And she said, Tyson, it's not about me. You know, when we uh, have this mindset, when we realize it's not about us, when we don't care who gets the credit, when, when we're not worried about who's getting the glory, when we uh, 
serve people no matter what the instance is going to be in our return, we begin to look like Jesus and we fulfill our mission to love God, love people, and to serve all. And we fall in the footsteps of Jesus. Praise God for people like Alice Brown. You may be thinking, well, I can never be like Alice. Uh, I, I know I can't be like Jesus. And you're like, well, I just won't even try. No, Jesus is, he's an example and, and he's asking all of us to step out and serve others for his glory. But many of you feel like, oh, I'm unqualified or this is uncomfortable. Washing feet should be uncomfortable. Because when we wash feet, it shows someone that I value you more than my own interest. And we know Jesus took it to the next step. He took his love to the full extent, even to the cross. Jesus says this, when we serve others, look what he says. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That, that should be uh, encouragement enough to say, I want to get out and serve someone needed. Because when I'm serving them, when, when I'm meeting the need of someone who's hungry, who needs some encouragement, I am meeting the needs of Jesus and the kingdom of God. I'm bringing glory to him. So if you feel unqualified, if you feel like you're not sure if you can take the next step into service, Jesus has given us an example. He also says, when you do this, you're serving me. You know, that night on that Thursday night when they were all arguing about everything, when people were uncomfortable in the room, was this servant boy going to show up? Who, who's going to wash the feet? You know what the Bible says? It says Jesus took off his outer garment. He took off his outer garment, and he went and got a water basin. It says he wrapped it around his his body, and he began to wash their feet. He wrapped it around his body, and he began to serve them. Well, that's not going to work. And the person I'm about to ask to let me serve them has no idea this is going to happen. And just like the first night when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, that person's like, nah, don't, don't wash my, just don't wash my feet. And he says, if you're going to wash my feet, wash my whole body. And Jesus says, hey, I'm serving you. Understand what I'm doing. So this morning, I was looking for someone that I could wash their feet just to show them how much I value them. And I thought of Paul. Paul, if you'll come up here. Paul, I'm not sure your big feet are going to fit in this water basin. You're a big man, I know, brother, but I, I want to wash your feet this morning. Go ahead and have a seat there, Paul. And there's no uh, servant boy coming today. I'll take him off, Paul. But Jesus said, uh, follow my example and uh, wash each other's feet. And in this, Jesus showed them the full extent of his love. As he was on his hands and his feet, and the disciples were like, what is going on? And they, they, were, they were thinking, well, there, there's got to be some other 
way that this could be done. Why, why, would, why would the greatest person I know be washing them, my feet? And what Jesus was doing simply was, it wasn't because their feet need to be cleaned. They need to see his example. And then he says, go and do likewise. This is sure home, Bloom Brothers. God bless you. I love you. And God bless you. <laughs> Thank you for not resisting. Because <laughs> that would have been a wild ride if you and I got in a struggle up here, wouldn't it? <laughs> here, go ahead and lift your feet up, and I'll dry them off. Band, if you would come on the stage, and we're going to sing a song. If you go and stand, and we're going to sing a song, and um, we are going to give glory to God. And I want to challenge you to go from this place and be the hands and feet of Jesus and serve others. And know that when you serve others, you're beginning to look a little like Jesus. More and more every time you do it. Father in heaven, I thank you for Paul. I thank you for other men and women like him who are willing to, to be loved on and, and, and be served. Lord, I pray for these people we're going to serve today. That they uh, would accept that without struggle, without, without resistance. Let us love on them to give them the hope of Jesus. But Lord, let us take a step to become more and more like him. To have a lifestyle of servanthood with no strings attached. And that more and more people be drawn to the good news of Jesus. That he died so we could live. That was the ultimate act of service. It wasn't defeat. It was that he gave himself freely so that we might live. Let's worship him now. Father, we thank you for Jesus. His name we pray. Amen.